Uh, for the last five years, every January, I have served as a priest on a marriage retreat on a cruise ship, uh, which, uh, two words, buffet. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, proof that God loves us is buffets. Uh, but uh, it's, it's an amazing experience. It's called the Good News Cruise, and this year there were 840 couples. Um, and I prayed mass, gave talks, heard confessions. There were 12 priests on this cruise, and we heard three hours of confessions a day. Uh, there were a lot of sinners. Holy Lord. Uh, and I told them, my people are so much better than you guys. Uh, uh, really helped. Um, but... Uh, one of the fallouts from that, I was, I was going to take a vacation afterward. A ton of my family's down there now on vacation, but we couldn't find uh, anybody to cover. And I, I just told someone this. I said, if the worst thing in my life is I get to pray with you, uh, I'm a super blessed man. Um, and so here I am. Uh, not tanned. I saw the sun through a window at one point. Uh, but, um, and also... I didn't really have time to work on homilies like I usually do. I, I try to spend about an hour a day, and uh, I did not get a chance this week. And you almost got real lucky. Uh, Saturday morning I was praying. I was like, well, I just won't preach. And uh, I know. You, uh, you were like, oh, no, I'm preaching. Uh, I, I saw that. Okay. Um, but... <laughs> Um, instead, what I want to do is share with you um, some things. Like, I don't know if you saw, we had three priests die uh, this week. And I knew two of them really well. And um, one of them, Father Bill Luger, uh, we have been in the same support group for 20 years. Uh, 20 years ago, we formed a little group uh, called the Unwed Fathers, by the way. Um, and it's six priests, and we met once a month, and we spent an hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament together. We went to confession to each other, and then we do like sharing and accountability, right? Early in priesthood, I realized there's no system in place to hold priests accountable, huh? So we had to create one. Um, and he has been, uh, for that whole time, a ridiculous blessing to me. Um, when I first moved to Lansing and come Holy Spirit, 98, my first hospital call, I bumped into him. He was also a priest in Lansing. And I soon found out that what every priest knew, um, that man was always giving of himself. Um, it was impossible. The joke was, if you could go to a hospital call in Lansing as a priest and Bill wasn't there, you got a prize. Uh, he was constantly um, helping, and I don't know how to tell you how beautiful it was. Uh, I remember um, at one point it struck me that I was so touched by his example that I wanted to follow it. And when Father Lay got here and we were talking, it turned out for both of us, it's like, man, when we get a hospital call, we got to go. And we both had that conviction, and I learned it from Bill. And even almost a year ago, um, 
it was uh, a Monday and I got a call to the ER at um, McLaren. And uh, I got there and Father Lay was there. We, we both responded to the call. And that person, man, they got last rights. You know what I mean? There were two of us. We were like, this is a bonus. You're basically guaranteed heaven. You got that going for you. Uh, but when we were leaving, uh, a doctor literally kind of came running out and caught us at the door. And he said, you two always come. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I called Bill. And I said, this just happened, and it happened because I watched you. And I'm so grateful. Uh, he literally just worked himself to death, quite literally. Um, and he got a diagnosis that said he had just a couple more months to live. And he was our last group meeting, right? We were all sitting together, and he came in. And we were sitting in a circle, and he crossed his leg. And the priest next to him said, did you buy new shoes? Are those new shoes? And he went, what am I buying new shoes for? And it was one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. Uh, he says, new shoes, I'm not buying green bananas. And uh, it was fantastic. But uh, he went home to the Lord peacefully, um, surrounded by priests who love him. And I'll miss him a lot. Um, Father Dan Trapp also went to be with the Lord, and that was a big surprise. Um, he was uh, taking a break. Um, I think he was taking two days off, and, and he didn't show up to Mass, and uh, they, they found him at home. He, he, he just uh, died, 61 years old. And uh, the way I know Father Trapp is the way any priest in Michigan my age or older knows Father Dan Trapp. He was our confessor and our spiritual director at seminary. And if you hear the confessions of seminarians for 10 years or more, you go to heaven. That's the law. Uh, when you, it's only after you're a seminarian that you realize how irritating seminarians are. Yeah, and uh, that's a joke. Um, Father Dan was a ridiculously tender and strong man. That's a hard combination. My dad pulls that off, um, and so did Father Dan. I, I just loved him. I loved his wisdom, his patience, and he was brave. Uh, they assigned him to a parish in Detroit. The previous pastor had been killed by a man who broke in. It was in an incredibly awful neighborhood, and I uh, lived and ministered with him for three months during my training to be a priest. Our first morning, my first morning in that rectory, that there was a dead body in our lawn uh, from a gunfight the night before. That's the type of neighborhood we were in. And um, people drove there to go to mass because he's such a holy priest. One of the first days I was there, I went into his room and on his mattress, I was gathering up his sheets there was a hole in the mattress. And I said, Padre, what is it? Well, that was the previous priest was shot in that bed. And I said, Father, you, we got to get you a new mattress. And he said, Joe, that's money. And our money belongs to the poor. Um, and he meant it. And so I'm going to miss him very much as well. Father Dan Trapp. 
Those were two great ones, and we're going to miss them. They were way too young. I say that as a 54-year-old man. Remember when you were a kid? They died at 61. You're like, wow, they were old. Do you remember those days? It's like, holy cow. But um, the other priest, it's very different. Um, and I pray um, I say this well. Uh, but Father Vincent DiLorenzo died in jail, and that's where he belonged. Um, he did horrible things as a priest, and uh, he hurt people badly. And I remember as a kid, something happened where my parents just said, you stay away from him, and I did, so I don't know him at all. But what I do know is about a week before he died, I was asked if I would go to the prison and give him last rites. And I didn't want to at all. And I was, I, I took a walk and I explained to Jesus that maybe he wasn't clear on what was going on. Um, but the Lord really challenged me. And he, sa he said, you don't get to tell me who to give mercy to. You don't get to tell me who to love. And I took that challenge. And I did get five minutes from here when I got a call. Another priest got there, and I was like, thank you, Lord, for, for that, but also for reminding me. These aren't my sacraments to give whomever I decide. These are Jesus' sacraments, and who am I? Who am I to decide who gets prayed with, who gets loved on, who gets a chance at repentance, huh? And I repent of that before you and before our Lord. I know when I was in my last assignment, I remember uh, getting a call from the nursing home that uh, when I, I got there, and the long and short of it is there was a priest that had been there six years and no one had ever visited him. And it's a long, awful story, but he just got forgotten. His family was with the Lord and his parishioners didn't know where he was. And when I called Bishop Earl and told him, within three hours, there were priests there. And then we all got a schedule to go sit with him. An hour every day, he had somebody there, at least three different priests so throughout his day, just sitting with him. And I know I think of the fact that I'm going to die. We're all going to die. And I know I'd want a priest there. I do. Um, so I thank the Lord for that. I do. All of this to say, in our gospel, um, Jesus is doing some pretty cool stuff. The stuff that makes headlines, huh? Uh, he's healing sick people, and he's doing exorcisms uh, rapid fire, yeah? And so, of course, everybody comes. You know, if you heard that there was a church an hour away where there's a priest or, or a, whatever you want to say, healing people, like proven miracles, I think we'd all hustle there. I'd bring my knee with me, you know, here, uh, fix this, you know. But in the end, Jesus makes clear that's not his priority, right? The disciples are like, there's a ton of people. What are you doing leaving? And he says, he came to preach. Right? That 
Every sick person Jesus healed, they died. But every person who hears Jesus' words and lets them get right inside of us and change us, that's eternal. That lasts forever. And he's always most interested in eternal healing. And you look at that first reading, you know, and it's crazy that that made the cut, isn't it? I love it. Did you catch the last line? I will never see happiness again. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, right? It was, whoa, yeah. I, I always tell you, go home and read that. Don't go home and read that one, yeah? Because uh, it's this long and it's really simple. Ready? Life is really, really hard and I hate this. The word of the Lord. But that's us, isn't it? That's one of the reasons God's word is so healing. When you and I recognize saints write stuff like that. Have you ever heard this quote? Quote, um, I do not understand myself. I never do the good things I want to do. I always do the things that I hate. I set my mind about doing what is right. But I find that while my spirit is willing, my flesh is weak. Who will save me from this wretched condition? Has anyone ever heard this? Yeah? Okay, how about can anyone identify with it? Yeah? Oh, really? Not as many. I'll be honest. I, you're better than the four. One person. I'm like, really? Okay, we stink, I guess. But that's in the Bible. St. Paul wrote that. The guy who wrote three quarters of the New Testament literally sat down one day and went, I don't get me. I want to do good stuff and I do stupid stuff. Reading that and knowing, no, this is the struggle of saints. That can give us tremendous courage. In the end, God's word is something we need to soak in. And I can't encourage us strong enough. And don't start with Genesis and move to Revelations. Even God wouldn't do that, okay? Pick a book in the New Testament. I, I love Romans. I love Galatians. Well, I love everyone. I love the book of Romans. Uh, I love the book of Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, uh, right? Uh, I could go on and on. It's just filled with beauty and light. And isn't that better than reading the fear mongers? Isn't that better than reading the political masters who want us to follow their lead as they take us right to hell? How about we read God's word and let that heal us, an eternal healing? So I'm going to ask you to join me throughout the week in praying uh, for those three priests. Yeah, Father Bill. Father Dan and Father DiLorenzo. Pray that God gets them home. And let's pray for the grace to immerse ourselves in God's word so that he heals not a, a temporary healing that we want, but the eternal healing that we need. Amen? Amen. Okay.